Hello out there in radio slash internet land. It is Bobby. It is Tom. It is time for the Noise Brigade. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different episode today. Uh, when I initially started this podcast, it was just me and I was going to have random guests and we were going to talk about our jobs. And that's why it was called My Stupid Little Life, because it was going to talk about our stupid little lives and, and what we do to get by. Um, but we're going to do something different today, Tom. Why don't you tell them about it? Yeah, so um, you had reached out to me about kind of doing more of a serious uh, podcast. Um, we have been having a lot of uh, just kind of fun with it and just, you know, kind of doing these different, um, you know, just, you know, goofiness with the video games and just talking about, you know, just this, you know, this, this fun things. And you reached out to me wanting to do something more serious. And like you had mentioned, you know, about, you know, talking about our jobs and, you know, just our lives in general. And I, uh, you know, uh, based on, you know, the, the, the few notes that we've talked about, um, I was like, yeah, let's go for it. Now, the, the one thing I'll say on this one, you know, like I said to you in the text earlier, like you're the knowledge behind this one. So um, I'm just going to kind of, you know, kind of play questionnaire with you um, after you kind of, you know, get into the background of this and we'll just, um, kind of approach it that way because this is this is your field you know not mine so um i want you to kind of have the floor but i'm going to try to you know bounce um these ideas off you and um these questions and even you know questions i have or maybe just you know frequently asked type questions that um maybe maybe someone can find an answer here sounds good man all right so um what exactly brought this about and, and kind of give us a little more detail as to why you wanted to talk about this tonight. All right. So recently, uh, it's been within the past week or so, I can't remember an exact date, but uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he's the governor of Florida. Um, he has come out and said that he wants to, and he signed a bill to provide a $1,000 bonus check to all Florida first responders who worked during the pandemic. Um, something I think is, it's fantastic. I think it's great. Uh, the one thing that bugs me about it is that in saying first responders, unfortunately in Florida and in 46 other states, that doesn't mean your 911 dispatchers, your telecommunicators. Um, and why that's a problem for me in particular and, and just, you know, those I work with is, Every single thing that the quote-unquote first responders, fire, EMS, PD, dealt with, we dealt with during the pandemic as well. Um, and everything that they deal with during natural disasters and states of emergency and such, we deal with as well. We're not the people who are out there on the front line, but we're, we were expected, just like they are, to be there, rain, shine, hurricane, blizzard, earthquake, fires, anything. Um, and so it's my belief and, and a lot of people who work in my field, obviously, believe that we should be considered as first responders. And so because we are technically classified as secretaries, we are not included in that thousand dollars. Um, 
And it goes beyond that, though. You know, this isn't this is something that I could have done before before Governor DeSantis came out with this thousand dollars. This was something I felt strongly about where, you know, we're considered to be office staff, basically. Well, office staff is in a hurricane required to come in, work their 12 hour shifts, possibly longer stay at the police station or at the emergency operations center or at the wherever your your PSAP, which stands for public safety answering point, you know, what what other jobs are you required to work that? I know the secretary at City Hall isn't. I know a nobody at City Hall is going to be at work. They're going to be at home. They're going to be taking care of their family, securing their home, evacuating if necessary. Not us. And you uh, you alluded to this um, right at the beginning um, of what you just talked about, and this is, I think, a kind of a, a something that we can learn. I learned just reading this note here. Um, you, you mentioned that you know, forty six states that do not recognize, including Florida, um, uh, nine one one operators and dispatchers as first responders, but there are four states that do. And I thought found this to be interesting because. You um, have the four states listed in Texas, Colorado, California, and West Virginia. And it's interesting because um, none of those states have anything in common at all. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Texas and California are pretty much like cats and dogs, you know? That's, yeah. And the fact so, that they agree on this. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty wild. So, you know, one of the whole things with our podcast here that we uh, talked about, you know, kind of off air, if you will, is that we would never politicize anything. Well, listing those four states out, we're not politicizing anything. Um, those are just the four states that consider 911 operators and dispatchers to be first responders. And it's just, right. it's an interesting, interesting grouping. Um, so kind of, you know, taking that and, and moving forward, you also talked about, you know, being required to be there. So what about, you know, holidays and hours and different things, you know, just in general outside of hurricanes, which you've already mentioned? So here's the fun thing for us. So, you know, of course, everybody looks forward to their long holiday weekends and they look forward to holidays off and, and just weekends in general. Well, as a telecommunicator, a 911 dispatcher, a dispatcher, you don't get that. So I know at our agency, which I'm going to, I mean, you can probably guess what agency I work for. It, it's not that hard. I'm not going to name it, though. I'm going to make you work a little bit for it. Um, but we work rotating schedules. And so we have Alpha Shift, we have Bravo Shift, Charlie Shift, and Delta. And what happens is Alpha is our day shift on one side of the week, Charlie's our night shift on that side of the week. On the other side, it's Bravo and Delta. So what we do is on, say, for this week, for instance, all right, Monday, Tuesday, my shift is off. So that means that. Bravo and Delta are off Monday, Tuesday. We then work Wednesday, Thursday, and we're off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the other ships working those ships. Now the following week, we're going to work Monday, Tuesday, be off Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're going to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So whether or not that happens to be 4th of July, whether or not that happens to be in the middle of a hurricane, whether or not that happens to be on your mother's birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you name it. 
you know, uh, for instance, this year, as a matter of fact, uh, Bravo and Delta are literally the only holidays we have off. We had off Easter. We have off Halloween. And then we have off Christmas Day. I think we work Christmas Eve. We may have off Christmas Eve. But every other holiday this year, we work. Right. So, And I know that's been a common thing you know, for a long, long time because of exactly what you already mentioned, um, you know, between LE, law enforcement, fire, um, EMS, medical, you name it, whatever, you know, they're, 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 there's no days off. Right. Um, you know, there has to be somebody there. So there, there's, there's, the, that's the rationale why it's like, yep, can't just say, you know what, your Monday through Friday, eight to three, eight to four, eight to five, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, nothing happens after five o'clock, you know. Crimes so. and heart attacks never sleep. Right, right. So, so it's 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 an interesting thing to you know really think about because you know yeah you always think oh yeah the the doctors and the surgeons and the police and all that it's twenty four seven deal but you never really think about you know not necessarily I'm not saying everybody but you know some people just don't think about oh wait a minute yeah that is a twenty four seven deal I mean right and it's and it's we mirror the police schedule. So we're working with the same officers every shift we work. We're working their exact same schedule. Now, so with the officers, some of them come in, maybe some of them might come in an hour earlier than we do. Some might come in an hour later than we do, but it's the same basic shift. We work with the same officers every single day. That's how it works. We mirror them. So when they're there, we're there. And a lot of people, what a lot of people think, and, and it's, it's amazing how many people think this. When you call, you're not speaking to an officer. You know, unless you work in a in a small like, you know, you know, some of the towns we used to we used to see like like Harrisonville and stuff where it's like one stoplight and two stop signs in the town. Uh, you know, you're you're calling and you're speaking to a dispatcher, a 911 dispatcher, you know, a telecommunicator. You're not speaking to an officer. Right. And the other thing too, the uh in certain parts of the country, you know, you have the dispatchers that are over several areas. So it's not just you're over this one town or one county. It's very possible because of, you know, population or just however the, 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 the areas, you know, is or set up that you're, t- you're dealing with multiple cities, multiple counties, possibly, you know, not right. everyone, you know, there are situations where it's, you know, one-to-one. But, you know, so it, that throws kind of another, you know, cog into it as well, you know, and, you know, certain people are like, oh, well, I only deal with, you know, town ABC. That's fine. But your whole department may deal with the whole thing, you know, over multiple counties or multiple areas. So, right. Um, and most, most of the, the agencies, they have um, some kind of crossover. Like, for instance, a few weeks ago, we had a, there was a shooting. And the shooting was in a, was in our county, but it was in a different city. Um, and when you call 911, you know, your 911 call gets routed to wherever your municipality is. However, if that center gets overwhelmed, you don't just get a busy signal for at least where we're at. What happens is it rolls over and it rolls over to any agency in the area that can handle it. So for us, there's two agencies near us where we'll get their 911 rollovers. 
That's what right. it's called when it comes over. So during this shooting, we're getting bombarded, not only with our own traffic, with our own people from, from our city calling with their emergencies, we're getting traffic from another city. And we're trying to deal with that and keep them calm and try and help them out the best we can and get the information to the right people so that we can get them out there and get these people help. Right. And I know that that happens in times of major emergency, too, because I can recall um, hearing several uh, cases, particularly with um, when 9-11 happened um, with different, obviously different areas, you know, kind of taking the brunt of because either call centers were down or once some were just you know, entirely flooded you know, with, so it, it's, um, it's certainly a very, you know, a, like a living, breathing organism. You're not just doing one thing, which I think a lot of people don't really understand. Right. It's like, yeah, you just don't show up and do this, that, and other thing. you know, your day could change one of the next. And it's not just dealing with things that happen in your own area. Something may happen a town over that's really, really bad. And you have to step up and help um, because that's part of what you do. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, there's never going to be a day that's that's like any other. Um, you know, one of the first actually, I think the very first episode I did, aside from the little like trailer to, to tell people what things were about, was me kind of venting on here about a, a horrible call we had. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because, you know, it's depressing even to think about now. Um but the level of stress, the level of uh, helplessness that you feel at times. Um, I know one of my coworkers the other night took a call um, and it was a, a two-year-old had drowned. And mm. not only is she hearing the, the parents and trying to help the parents, trying to instruct them and trying to, trying to keep them calm and give the information to the officers and the firefighters that are, that are showing up she's hearing in the background a four-year-old saying, come on, buddy, wake up. And you just think about that, man. And, and how heartbreaking that is to hear that. And to know you can't do anything to help immediately. You're relying on the people you're sending out and you're relying on giving that information. But meanwhile, you got to listen and, and take this in. And then that's with you the rest of the night. You don't get, you know, we don't have like, Oh, Hey man, you know, I, I got to go home. I, 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 that was terrible. It's not one bad call and then you go home. You're there. If that happens it for us, that happens at six 30. You're there yeah. until six 30 in the morning with that weighing on you, you know, and, and it's, it's difficult and nobody, nobody goes into this job thinking it's not going to be difficult. We go into this job because we want to help people. Right. Yeah. Know? And, so to kind of think about, you know, the, the rationale as to why you wanted to, to, to talk about this, you know, you've, you've already mentioned, you know, kind of the precipice that brought you up with the, uh, the bill that DeSantis passed being kind of the catalyst behind this. Um, you have a note that talks about last year, um, the House, um, and now is, 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 is this the House for the, the United States or is this Florida? Oh, no, this is, this is the U.S. The U.S. House, okay. Thought so, but I just wanted to clarify. So the House um, filed a bill to reclassify um, people in your position, 9-11 dispatchers, as first respond, 9-11, and 9 dispatchers as first responders. But you also mentioned that the, the bill just, you know, kind of gone um, before it even hit the floor. 
So do you want to kind of uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Any, any kind of notes or anything that you know of about that? Because that's the first I've ever heard of that. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about it. I, I did some research online. Um, you know, I, I wasn't able to find a whole heck of a lot. I know it was part of the 911 CARES Act. Um, but there was some, I guess, some wording that people didn't like. And, and part of the problem, too, is whenever you're talking about stuff at the federal level, people don't like it when it comes to federal government telling state governments what they can and cannot do. Right. Um, so I know it, it got some pushback from that. Nobody was uh, necessarily disagreeing with it, but it became a matter of, hey, you know, states' rights and not wanting the, the federal government getting involved like that. Um, right. And it's the a different story if there's 40 states that are already doing it instead of four. Right, right. You know, so that's probably a good part of it too. Yeah, and that, and the, the problem is, you know, you know, I don't want to get into the political side of it. I just, my thing is, I feel like there's certain things that we can, we can all pretty much agree on, you know. And of I course. feel like this. Now I see, you see a lot of pushback, um, or I, I tend to see pushback because I'm in my position of, you know firefighters and and police officers stuff saying oh you guys aren't first responders now our our i will give credit to our agency i don't think i've heard one of our officers or firefighters say that but in all you know if you go online obviously you're going to have the people that feel differently um but i feel like this is something that if and and i don't think though that people outside i think that maybe civilians and, and people who aren't really familiar with what it is we do and they don't see behind the curtain so to speak i could see why they would say what are you talking about why you guys aren't first you're on the phone it's i can put it this way and i think maybe hopefully um who whoever does listen to this maybe this you know kind of puts it in perspective so if something happens you know and i have to call you know 911 for something or i'll just put it this way if i have to make a phone call to anybody on the other side, I expect a response, right? Right. This is going to sound really silly, but I'm going to try to make this as plain as day as the first thing I do, hence the word first, <laughs> is call and I get a response. Right. I don't know if I can paint it any clearer than that, I, but I think that's the perfect, that's the perfect analogy. That's the perfect way to put it. And, you know, it's not like it's not like we're a bunch of uh, uh, clowns sitting up there just, you know, picking up the phone and pressing a button and then boom, the job's done. It takes skill to do the job. And I've seen since I've been at my position, when I started, I was in a starting class with, let me think, I think five people. All right. Of those five people. There's three of us left. And of those three, only two of us actually became dispatchers. One of us stepped down and became a call taker, which is a 911 operator, which mm -hmm. not. And when I say step down, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. That is still a tough job. But for a for a dispatcher, for a for a telecommunicator, 
not only are you responsible for dispatching your police units, your fire units, you're also responsible for answering 911 phone calls and for answering non-emergency phone calls and for knowing what to do with all that stuff. So, and I can tell you the class that came, um, I think two classes after me started out with six people. Two people made it through. Yeah. And I can see that, you know, it's, um, uh, you've already had mentioned this. It's certainly not for everybody. No. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where the, you know, there's one thing for saying, you know, I work doing X, Y, Z and I take X, Y, Z home with me. I think that could be said with a lot of, you know, jobs, whatever. There's a few that would have, you're taking more than that. You're taking some emotional baggage. You're taking, you know, uh, you've, you've talked about it uh, briefly um, with some story and a couple stories here already. You're taking those things with you. Um, and whether or not that you let that dwell on you and put you in a dark, dark place, or you just kind of, you know, take the time for reflection, you know, however that, however you handle that, you know, that's, that's certainly a, that's something that requires a special person, you know, so not for everybody. Right. I mean, and I can tell you even ones where you wouldn't think that they would necessarily hit you hard. They do. I had one uh, not too long ago where I pick up the phone, 911, what's your emergency? My husband just blew his brains out sitting next to me in bed. And if I'd have picked up the phone, if I'd have been able to pick up the phone like half a second earlier, I may have actually heard the gunshot. Right. And not saying that, oh, that makes it worse. What made it bad was listening to this person who's just lost the love of their life, who just in a horrendous way, listening to them, realize exactly what happened describe the scene, tell me what happened. It shook me. And the next day when I woke up, the first thing I hear in my head is my husband just blew his brains out in front of me. And that was, you know, it's, it's this stuff sticks with you. It does. And as much as I, you know, you can, you can do whatever you, whatever you want to try and block it out. And hopefully to any of you listening who happen to be, you know, a dispatcher or, or a telecommunicator, you, you do it healthy. Um, there were times when I've not handled things in such a healthy manner. Um, and it's only, it's only natural. Oh yeah. of course. Everybody has their own coping mechanisms and uh, you know, it, it's just something that you, you develop and you, you hopefully eventually you're able to move past. Um, but it's a matter of getting it out and you have to talk about it and you have to talk about it to, it doesn't, I mean, talk about it to whoever you can. Don't let it, don't let it eat you from the inside because it will. Right. Which so, brings me to, um, to another point, if you don't, if you don't mind me, uh, 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 rambling a little bit more, um, that's one of the biggest things that, that we face as, telecommunicators as 911 dispatchers is burnout 
um, especially during COVID with everybody, people getting it. We were getting it from going in. We had multiple in just in the state of Florida, multiple telecommunicators, 911 dispatchers dying of COVID because when everybody else was sheltering in place, when everybody else was, was doing what they needed to do, we were going to and from work. And we were working to the point of exhaustion because we're covering for people who got COVID. We're covering for the fact that we're so short staffed. We're covering for this. We're covering for that. We're all just being overworked to the point of burning. Because and, somebody's got to be there. And that's yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that's one of those things. Um, you're not doing that remotely. I mean, right. that simple as that. Uh, um, the, that's, that's one thing that I think a lot of a lot of us understand, but maybe not just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they're getting phone calls. They could do that anywhere. Well, that's not true in your case. Um, you, you work in a very secured environment, um, you know, with specific equipment, with, um, you know, specific software, even for, for what you do. Um, there are things that, you know, you, you have to physically go somewhere for, um, whether that's because of just availability or setup or safety, security, there, there is no remote working at. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's no getting around that. No. And, you know, one of the biggest things that being reclassified as a first responder would allow is it would allow us that. I mean, I'm going to be honest, it would, it would give us better benefits. You know, we'd be sitting We'd be sitting at a higher, uh, I don't want to say pay scale, because I don't necessarily think that that's the case, but it'd be a little bit more of a prestigious job. Um, as it stands now, so our agency uses something called critical, and this is a test that you have to take in order to even be interviewed. You have to pass this critical, and you have to get a certain score. Um, so critical has a, I want to say, 70% failure rate. So, you know, we're not, you're not getting people, you're not getting the caliber of person coming in off the street and taking this job that you're getting, you know, no offense to fast food workers or anything, but you know, you're not getting a dude that's good that could, well, I could either be a 911 operator or I could flip burgers at McDonald's. Right. You know, you're getting quality people. We have to go through background checks. We have to go through criminal history trip checks. We have to be drug screened. We get drug screened every so often. You know, this isn't a job that, that you can just take lightly. And it's time that we're treated like it. The, um, you did mention this, um, you talked about a couple of things here, benefits, and you've already talked about uh, a couple of these other things too, but um, what are some other reasons why um, the, the, there needs to be a reclassification here to first responders. Well, getting back to the caliber of, of people, you know, we're nationwide face, facing a major shortage of 911 operators and telecommunicators and dispatchers. Um, and I think that part of that is because, number one, I don't think that people think of that right off the bat when they're thinking of, of jobs and careers and whatnot. Um, I don't think because it's just not, you know, a highly publicized job. And we've, we're starting to see a little bit like there's that 911 TV show. And I know there was that movie um, with Halle Berry however many years ago. And 
you know, I, I haven't watched the 911 show. I know that the Halle Berry movie was completely off the rails as far as what the job actually is. There's not a lot of knowledge, but I feel like if we were reclassified as first responders, it would be more of a first option for people. It would be more of a, you know, not to say that everybody wants to go there and do it for a career. I don't necessarily know. I mean, we have people that have done it for 15, 20 years. And honestly, I don't, I don't know if this is a job that I could do for 15 or 20 years. I, I do enjoy my job and I don't want it to sound like I don't. Um, but it's, it's, it's stressful, man. And you, you can burn out if you're not careful. Um, so I feel like getting that class, getting reclassified as a first responder would get us, it definitely would get us more access to better mental health. It would also, there'd be some other benefits that go along with it, retirement, such, you know, that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing is I feel like it would help us recruit better. And that's a nationwide, like I said, nationwide issue. I know it's, it's definitely an issue for our agency. Um, but again, it's a nationwide issue. And so I feel like we would start drawing in better candidates and we would be drawing in people that would be more willing to stay, more people that would be willing to, you know, as it stands right now, I know a lot of people in our agency use it as a stepping stone because it's one of the, it's a, it's a position in the city where you don't need prior experience or you don't need to be prior city to get the job. You just have to right. pass the qualifications. You have to pass the interviews and obviously get hired and everything. Um, so a lot of people use it as a stepping stone. And it's it's a temporary spot for them on their way to something else within the city or so they hope. Um, honestly, before I worked it and before I really knew what it was about and everything, that's what I was thinking of doing. And I've given it more consideration to staying now, you know, so long as I can keep the mental aspect together, um, right, right. Keep from, keep from, from burning out. And, um, you know, cause it's a, it's a position I enjoy. Uh, I do like the schedule, even though I'm, even though I was complaining about it earlier, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily a complaint. It's a more or less telling it like it is. It's the truth. Yeah. Our schedule is not like, you know, your, your secretary, it's not like the water department. I'm not, you know, Oh, hey, it's Friday at, at 3.50. I'm going to cut out 10 minutes early and, and beat the rush home. No, man, I'm there. Well, typically, because we're supposed to be there early, I'm typically there sometime around 6 p.m. And I'm leaving sometime between 6 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. Right, which is a crazy on long day. Right. And know. it's not like, and because of how short we are, you know, we don't get, we're not getting an hour for lunch. We're getting 20 minutes and then we're getting another 20 minutes and that's it. And you're in your seat and you're doing your job. It's not, you know, so it's not like it's, it's broken up as much as you would think with being a 12 hour shift. Right. Right. So, um, it's not glamorous. It's not, it's not glorious. We're not in it for any kind of recognition. We're, we're the, the voice that you call when you have nowhere else to call. And we want to be there and we want to help. And it's tough to find people that want to do that. So I think you've hit, you know, 
all the points that you know you wanted to do and like i said i i was coming into this the side of it as hey, i have a little bit of of of, of background knowledge but really over considering the you know the, the the past year um you know not knowing some of the more specifics you know no obviously knowing um like i said the, the catalyst for why you want to do this being the the passing of the bill but then also just you know the past year with you know covid and the facilities and these different things that you know obviously people may be well aware of but you don't really think about and then you know just kind of you know, building on that, um, I think you've hit that nicely. Uh, was there anything else, though, that you wanted to kind of add to this, either this specifically or just kind of this overall? I mean, just overall, I, like I said, I enjoy my job. I love what I do. I work with a great bunch of people. Um, I just think it's really important that if you see anything, two, two major points, if you see anything out there, where people who work as 911 dispatchers, public, you know, uh, telecommunicators, dispatchers, everything, if you see them out there trying to share things on social media or asking for signatures on, on um, uh, different things for, to push for us to be reclassified, please, please, please take a minute, fill it out, Ask what you can do to help if you can. Just help share that information. Help us get the recognition we deserve. You know, none of us are out there looking to be like have statues built of us or anything. We just we want to be treated as first responders because that's that's what we are. Um, and just remember, you know, we are there. People call in and they and they feel silly calling in. They feel, you know, I can't tell you how many, especially the older generation, I can't tell you how many people we get. Well, you know, it's not really an emergency, but I fell and there's a bone sticking out of my leg. No, dude, call. Please call. Please, please, please. Um, and to anybody out there that happens to listen that that is um, involved in the, in the in the job, get help if you need it. Mental health is a huge thing in this country. It's a huge issue in this country and especially in our, in our role. If you need to speak to somebody, if you need, if you, if you're feeling the demons nipping at you, talk to somebody, call somebody. I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care if it's your cousin twice removed. I don't care if it's, you know, I mean, I, probably shouldn't call a sex line that that's probably a waste of both your time and their time and your money <laughs> probably should be a little bit more you know experienced to handle what you're talking about but in all seriousness talk to somebody just just don't let it eat you up very well put um i thanks for you know kind of enlightening us on this and you know i'm, I'm sure somebody out there they they kind of stumble upon this um i think this is going to be going to be good there's some some good information here and it's 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 good and it's specific information too um you know it's, this isn't something that yeah you can probably do do some you know searching out googling finding some information um about you know you know about this about this need um, but you know you've kind of verbalized that and uh i think this is uh this has been good 
you know, one more, one more thing I want to say too, just, just to put a little cap on it, you know, me saying that, that we should be first responders and everything and, and that we should, we should be uh, eligible for this thousand dollars for the, for the Florida first responders. It's not in any way, shape or form to denigrate anybody who worked in the service industry or the medical field during the pandemic. Listen, you guys are definitely the unsung heroes of this whole thing. Um, and I think absolutely there should be anybody who worked during this and who kept the wheels rolling during this whole thing. I feel like you're do something. I don't, what that is. I don't know if it would be a thousand out. Cool, man. I'm perfectly 100% cool with that. I just, this is a specific situation that I can talk to, that I can speak to. Um, and it reaches it to a, to a different, uh, level because this is a classification issue that we've been fighting for, for a while. Um, but so I'm, I'm just trying to speak to that. I'm not trying to denigrate you guys, not trying to, to say you guys don't deserve anything because you definitely do. So just wanted to put that out there too. Very good. Um, well, uh, I, I certainly appreciate you doing this, uh, kind of, you know, like said, doing something serious here. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to do that from time to time. Um, yeah. You know, we, it's kind of, kind of shows that, you know, yeah, we'd like to have a lot of fun, but you know, there are some things that, you know, we are passionate about and, uh, we kind of, you know, sometimes you just need to get that off your chest, you know? Absolutely. And, and now, you know, we're going to have people yelling at us. All right, clowns make us laugh. But, um, but we did have to get this out there. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening and any last words on this one? Um, popsicle. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. All right. Take care everyone.